it comes to financial advice, you got to trust the source. It's why you listen to this podcast. When I'm looking to upgrade my wallet, I turn to NerdWallet. Their expert team of nerds dives into the details to help you find smarter financial products. Before NerdWallet, I'd pay for vacations with whatever was in my wallet, but I was missing out on miles I didn't even know I was leaving on the table. Now I've got a new card with more miles and more upgrades. What could future you do with more travel rewards? A hotel upgrade? Lounge access? Wherever you go next, make it happen with a smarter travel credit card. Don't wait to make smart financial decisions. Compare and find smarter credit cards, savings accounts, and more today at nerdwallet.com. NerdWallet, finance smarter. As with all cards, credit is subject to lender approval and terms apply. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. You're tuned in to the Investing for Beginners podcast. Finally, step-by-step premium investment guidance for beginners. Led by Andrew Sather and Dave Ahern to decode industry jargon, silence crippling confusion, and help you overcome emotions by looking at the numbers. Your path to financial freedom starts now. All right, folks, well, welcome to Investing for Beginners podcast. This is episode 138. Tonight, Andrew and I are going to talk a little bit about how the news can impact the market. Uh, lately, there have been some bigger news things that have hit the news and have really had a big impact on the market lately. And Andrew and I thought that this would be kind of a timely subject to talk about. So we thought we would chat a little bit about this. So Andrew and I were talking off air about some of the things that are kind of going on in the world and whatnot. And we thought we would share our thoughts on those and how they can impact the market. And you can kind of see some of the things that are going on right now, which are very, very fresh in everybody's mind. You know, we're recording right now in February of 2020. And so some of the big things that are kind of talked about in the news recently are obviously coronavirus has been a big thing. Uh, the trade wars and also with the Tesla stock, a uh, big shock here the last week or so since the earnings came out. Those are some big items that Andrew and I thought we could talk a little bit about. So uh, why don't we talk a little bit about Tesla first, how they have some fun with that. <laughs> It's always a, a, a fun conversation for us. <laughs> Our favorite, right? Yeah, exactly. I'd like to hear what you were just talking about before we hit the record button, because okay, <laughs> you, you, you're. I mean, we should have been recording then and there. You got pretty fired up. As you... Yeah, yeah, it was, it was pretty interesting. So, uh, for those of you that have uh, been under hiding under a rock recently, uh, Tesla put out their latest quarterly earnings, which came out, I believe, it was the towards the end of January. It might have been January 29th or 30th. I can't remember the specific day. But anyway, um, for them, they had a good earnings report. Uh, they uh, showed some free cash flow for change. 
they actually had their revenue increased. Uh, it has been increasing over the last three or four quarters. So good for them. They are selling more cars, which is awesome. But I was kind of looking through the earn through the financials before we came on the air and I was talking to Andrew a little bit about it. So some things I wanted to kind of point out. So number one, their earnings per share for uh, that quarter was 56 whole cents. Wait for it. 56 whole cents. Yeah. Huge numbers, right? So <clears throat> for a company that has a larger market cap than, uh, gosh, I can't think of anybody else. GM and four combined. Yeah, yeah exactly. There. Thank you. Very good point. Uh, so obviously 56 cents per share. It's kind of a joke. So here's the even bigger joke. At one point, it got up to over $900 a share for this company. It was sitting in the, the $300 range until this news came out uh, about a week and a half ago. And, and since then, it was up like, was it 800% or some stupid thing like that? It's just you know crazy numbers. People are going crazy for this. And uh, it jumped up. Uh, I think it finished today around $748. So I just want to put this in in perspective, if you will. So we talk about price to earnings. We talk about some of the value metrics that Andrew and I like to, you know, drill into everybody's heads. So I just kind of want to put this in reference. So at $748, which it closed at today with the 56 cents that it's earning per share, that would give us a PE of 1335. So 1,335 times the earnings. So just to kind of put that in perspective, just for giggles, I went on Google and looked up how much a Mercedes-Benz uh, C300 series would cost, and that's selling for around $41,000. So if you do the math, if you take $41,000 times 1335, you get $54 million you would pay for that Mercedes-Benz. So who in a right mind would pay $54 million for a car but you would be willing to pay $900 for a share of 56 cents of money you would earn from Tesla. To me, that's just crazy. And that's what I think illustrates how nuts and how emotional people can get when the stock market is involved and when they have a chance of making money or losing money and all those things, you know, uh, uh, I think it was Andy posted something on Facebook uh, yesterday where he showed a, a Google search where how do I sell it? How do I, <laughs> how do I give back a stock? <laughs> and it's, it's like Tesla owners because it went from 900 to 748. So, uh, you know, who knows where this is all going to end up. And, you know, this is, you know, I don't mean, I don't mean to make light of people losing money or making lots of money at, you know, it's, it's a serious thing, but uh, my point that I really want to get across with these discussions and, you know, as Andrew said, bringing data points to these conversations, uh, it's the, the sheer lunacy of what people can get really wrapped up into and what kinds of emotions that can get involved when you're trying to, you know, buy a company. And if you look at any of the other metrics, that are involved with Tesla. It's just, it's just a train wreck and why you would put your heart and earn money into something like that is just crazy. And another point that I want to make about some of this is think about it, if anybody here watched the Super Bowl, raise your hand, which is probably most of us. Uh, one of the things that I noticed during the game, besides the Chiefs winning yay, uh, was that the, a lot of the commercials were 
electric cars. I thought that was quite interesting. And there was one company that was noticeably not involved in that, and that was Tesla. I thought that was very interesting. I noticed that too, actually. I, I said I said that particularly while I was watching it. Um, did you hear the, uh, the Hummers is making a comeback and it's going to be electric? Yep, I did hear that. Yep. yep. So, I mean... I, on the one hand, yes, like the push to electric is is definitely here, and I think it's nice it's for Tesla to get kind of like that free advertising. But the flip side of that is you have competitors now who are coming for them, and they have really, really large scale. They have really, really large manufacturing capabilities, and you know we could talk all day long about how we feel about you know the business behind it, the 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 feelings about how we feel customer demand is going to go or manufacturing um you can point to the problems they've had with that in the past you can you could really argue on either side you know a company being this trailblazer and and really shaking up the industry on the one hand on the other hand defying all odds but when it comes to being an investor uh, you really have to think about the data points and yes you know whether quarterly earnings Everybody got excited because uh, for the longest time, their earnings were negative quarter, you know, different quarters and different years. Um, so they did post positive earnings. It's probable and, and you know, it, it's reasonable to expect maybe they'll continue more quarters like that. So maybe instead of earning 50 cents for the year, maybe they'll earn, let's say, $2. But still, you take that math and overlay it with Dave's same example. You're still talking about at a PE of let's say 300, you're still talking about like a $10 million thing. And the fact of the matter is, is yes, the revenue has grown like crazy. Putting them into one of our favorite websites, quickfs.net, you get a 10 year compounded annual, compounded annual growth rate of 70%. So, I mean, they're really like, Rev- top line is absolutely exploding, but it's not coming at no cost. So debt is accelerating as their sales is accelerating. The other factor that I think gets no recognition whatsoever is the fact that their shares have been diluting from year to year to year. So I talked about that briefly in the podcast before in the that you can find in the archives, but They've been diluting those shares as the years go on, which I think is a smart business move because anybody can see with with obvious eyes that the stock is crazily, if not crazily overvalued, crazily valued, and there's a lot of money there. So from a business perspective, it only makes sense to take advantage of that high stock price and and throw some cash into your business along with that. But you have to realize that as an investor, you're essentially funding that. And it's working out now while while the bulls are going crazy. At this point now, it's almost become like a circus where it's almost not even about the business anymore, but it's just about how 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 can we time and how can we jump in and catch the wave and then get out? And I think this past week has been the perfect example of that because I watched Tesla pretty closely this week as far as what their share price was doing. It's absolutely fascinating to witness. So we're talking about 
regularly going in the double digits. So obviously, you know, they had earnings recently, so that the stock popped there. That's kind of expected. But then in the the days to follow, they had some developments in China. They had a couple analysts turn bullish on the stock. And so we're talking about trading in the pre-markets in double digits and for multiple days in a row and then shooting up double digits. And I can't give you the exact number because it was up and down. I mean, we're talking 11%, 16%. And so, you know, 5% moves in the stock are a joke. And, and for a company of that size at a hundred billion dollars market cap to have those type of jumps, we're, we're talking about huge inflows and outflows of capital that's going into this. And so getting back to my point that it seems that now it's it's gone even further away from what's going on with the business and now it's more like this game and casino is we had that huge run up in the stock where it went up double digits multiple days and um had i think it had one day where it was 8 or 9% and then the next two days that followed you had the exact same thing happen but in the reverse direction so and on on the day it had its top, which was February fourth, the the money it, it was it was close. So people were were saying Tesla might hit one thousand, and so they they crossed over nine hundred dollars. Which, by the way, I mean they just crossed over four hundred and twenty dollars in December, and now they're shooting up almost hitting a thousand. Absolutely incredible, and the the stock had. Jumped, it crossed over 900, went down below again, and then crossed over it again. And it looked like it was about to hit a thousand. And then at some point in the afternoon, it dropped and dropped off a cliff and it lost billion, probably billions, uh, maybe not billions, but it, it lost five to 10% in a matter of seconds or, or a few minutes. It was insane. And since then, it's it's really kind of deflated. We'll see where it goes from here. But the mania around it is just insane. Um, obviously, you get every. It's it's something I think there's so much general knowledge now about investing in the stock market. It's not a surprise anymore when people compare this to Bitcoin or they compare it to other bubbles that we've seen in the past. Like, there's no denying that those charts look the same, but. You know, we have this development in here, and something I feel that is kind of interesting about Tesla is something I've forgotten, um, didn't really know for a while. They're actually not in the S and P five hundred, and so they've been moving like crazy, and the market has been pretty turbulent in the past couple of weeks, as it is like super high big days and super down. Uh, low days with the whole coronavirus fears. And so Tesla is kind of a beast on its own and it just kind of moves on a whim. And so you'll have a day where the S&P is up 1% for the day, which is a strong day for, for the market. And Tesla will be down like 6 or 7%. And on the flip side, everybody's freaking about coronavirus and everybody else is excited about Tesla and it's up 12%. So it's really, I mean, if if people out there have the stomach for it, kudos to them. I think that's really, really cool. Um, but 
it's no denying that if you're buying in now at this point with these valuations, uh, you're, you, you, I think you need to admit to yourself that you're playing a big momentum game a lot more than you're playing a fundamental analysis game. And it's not even a question at that point. So I know moving forward, I wouldn't be surprised to see a break a thousand. I think it's, it, it makes a good story and there's something there. There's, there's something going on. There's some people who just want to see it hit a thousand. I think it will. But then I also think that, there's going to be a lot of bag holders and at some point it probably will drop back down. As a finance nerd, you would assume that I have my money game all together. Well, shocker, I didn't until Monarch Money. Monarch Money allowed me to easily see what is going on with my finances, helping me get a better handle on my spending, budgets, and more. It's my go-to app, more so than my bank, because I can quickly see where I am with my budgets and spending, allowing me to invest more and spend time on the things I want to do is my GPS for money. Monarch is a top-rated, all-in-one personal finance app. It gives you a comprehensive view of all of your accounts, investments, transactions, and more. Create custom budgets, set goals, and collaborate with your partner. And now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com beginners. Monarch has a tool that allows you to easily import your data from Mint and keep all of your tags and categories. Monarch is the most customizable budgeting app. Change the layout of your dashboard, toggle between light and dark mode, create custom budgets and notifications, set up automatic rules for transactions and notifications, and more. Monarch is obsessed with constantly improving the product. They release updates every two weeks and allow customers to submit suggestions, vote on requested features, and view the product roadmap. After trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash beginners. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash beginners for your extended 30-day free trial. I'm Samantha Cole, host of the new season of Understood, The Pornhub Empire. Over the course of four episodes, I'll tell you how a horny YouTube knockoff in Canada came to dominate the porn world, only to shatter their cheeky reputation in a massive scandal. The Pornhub Empire is a new season of Understood from the CBC. Available now wherever you get your podcasts. If you're listening to Investing for Beginners, then you probably care about money and learning how to make a good relationship with your finances. Everyone's Talking Money is hosted by money wellness expert and certified financial planner, Shauna Game. Everyone's Talking Money focuses on relevant, inclusive, and forward-thinking conversations around money. Hear about the money topics you need to know, such as ways to train your brain to reach money goals, why you should ditch your budget and start tracking your cash, and everything you need to know about paying off student loans. Simple steps to start investing as a side hustle, ways to invest in rental real estate, how to overcome money trauma, and so much more. With over 900 episodes, there's a show for any and every money question you have. I'm a big fan of Shauna's as well. She has a relatable style and soothing voice that takes some of the stress surrounding money. Shauna really speaks to the listener and never ends in an episode without actionable tips. I recently listened to the episode, Stop Stressing Over Your Money, a simple budgeting solution, where she talks about her simple, easy one, two, three system for budgeting. It helped me a lot. Are you ready to learn everything about money that no one has taught you? Do yourself a favor and subscribe to Everyone's Talking Money podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And we're we're seeing 
we're seeing some of that now. There's with with the whole coronavirus thing. There are now reports that Tesla had to shut down a couple plants in China because of it. So they're going to see an economic slowdown. And there are other stocks as well who are affected by this coronavirus, which are seeing slowdowns. So I guess moving forward, whether you think Tesla breaks through to a thousand or not probably depends on the impact of the coronavirus. But as a long-term investor, to think that you're going to buy into the stock and be profitable over the, the next 5, 10, 15 years, I'd be very cautious. And at least if, if you're educated on how bubbles work and how other stocks that have had mania like this have performed over the very long term, then by all means, have at it, but at least ed- educate yourself first. And so I, I really think that how it performs in the next two to three months is really more so on what the news around the coronavirus will be, but the long term is, is such a different story. Hey, you, what's the best way to get started in the market? Download Andrew's free ebook at stockmarketpdf.com. You won't regret it. Yeah, I would totally agree with that. And I, I think, you know, the, the mania around a company like Tesla, Tesla is, I think that's really kind of the best way to describe it because you know, you were mentioning that their revenue has been exploding, but if you look at the overall picture of the revenue exploding, their costs are exploding as well. And I think that's the one question or the one big red flag for me is that as they, you know, most companies, as they get better at what they do, their costs start to even out or decline. And then that's what leads to the profitability. And it doesn't seem like as long as Tesla has been in business, that that's happening. And I know that Vitaly talked about that in his uh, dissertation that he wrote about Tesla a little while ago. And I think that's a big concern for me about the company is that it just seems like, you know, yeah, more people are wanting their cars, but the costs for each car is not coming down in line. And so the profitability is just, it's just not there. And until they can figure that part out, you know, I just don't see a path to profitability because if it just keeps costing more and more and more to, to build the cars, then at some point something has to give. And maybe I'm just not getting it. Maybe I'm just, you know, hey, I'm the old, old dude sitting in his, you know, on his porch, you know, yelling at people to get off my lawn. I, you know, I don't know. Maybe that's entirely possible. Uh, but I just, you know, I just don't see it. And, I guess the, the point that Andrew and I are really trying to, to drive home with what our discussion is today is when you're investing your hard-earned money, try to really think about what it is that you're really investing in. What is your goals? What are you trying to do with this money? And, you know, like Andrew said, if you can stomach the ups and downs of something like a Tesla, then more power to you. I, I can't. That's just not in my DNA to handle that. I would be stressing out like crazy. If I had a ticker on my computer all day that was showing a company that I was invested in jumping up and down like that as much, I would be, I I couldn't concentrate. I wouldn't be able to do anything else. Uh, I just know myself well enough to know that that's something that I have to step away from and not be involved in because everything would be, would be going on. And, you know, when we think about the news and what kind of impact it can have on our life, we have to remember always that the news is sensational and their their job is to make things 
more exciting because they want more people to watch. And that's really what drives it. And when you think about watching CNN, you know, a lot of it is driven by them trying to create, not create things. That's not the right way of putting it, but they're trying to elicit an emotion, a strong emotion, good or bad. And that's what they're really trying to do. And I was listening to a podcast today and they were talking a little bit about the coronavirus. And I don't mean to make light of any of the people that have died. I'm certainly not going to do that. And that's a horrible, horrible thing for anybody that's sick and are going through this terrible thing. But to put it in perspective, at least for what the news is reporting, as they're saying there's been around 500 people that have that have died from this disease so far. To put it in comparison, to kind of put it in reference, to give you an idea of the impact that, that it can or cannot have, we don't know what's going to, you know, I can't predict the future, but this gentleman on the podcast was saying that last year in the United States alone, 50,000 people died of the flu, just the regular old flu. 50,000 people. So if you put that in perspective, it doesn't seem quite as scary. And, you know, everybody gets the flu. We all get sick. You know, every year I get sick. You know, I get sick twice a year. It sucks. But when you put it in that perspective, it makes you think about, okay, it doesn't, it doesn't make you feel, I mean, it's, you know, it's horrible either way, but it doesn't make you feel the panic that the news is trying to, to elicit by their, their coverage of what's going on in China. And it just makes you feel something and they want you to to get a reaction. And when we're thinking about the stock market, we always have to try to take emotion out of it as much as we can. We have to be as dispassionate as you possibly can, because when you're basing your decisions on a strong emotion, sometimes that's not always the best way to think about it. Yeah, that's, that's, Really good. I think we we tried to touch on that a little bit last week too, with with the emotions and and trying to get a handle on that. Obviously, being really engrossed with the daily fluctuations is most likely, if not guaranteed, way to really ensure that you're you're gonna have a lot of stress about your portfolio. So maybe stepping back and and trying to look at the big picture as somebody who's a long-term investor, somebody who's trying to find, you know, at the end of the day, what, what are you trying to do with your investments? Going back to what Dave was saying, are you trying to beat wall street and, you know, they're getting a piece of news and they're bidding down, they're adjusting valuations in seconds. So they're, they're going to bid down the stock 5% in, in 30 seconds or they're going to bid up a stock in the same token. Are you trying to to beat to beat that and be ahead of that or are you trying to say, you know, there are certain stocks that are generally overvalued or generally undervalued. I'm going to try to buy stocks that are generally undervalued and then let the events play out as they may. You're not going to necessarily stick your head in the sand, but try if if you're if you have that that zoomed out perspective, then as each little news piece and article comes out, um, you're not necessarily freaking out about what's going to happen to the businesses in your portfolio. So in December, it was the tariffs, right? It was Trump's tweets. This month, it's been 
the coronavirus. It's been, I don't know, what, what else has it been? Impeachment. Uh, the impeachment, yeah. Um, you know, interest rates, again, not, not knowing if they're going to stay dovish or not. So, yes, those things do have an impact. Yes, they do push profits up or down. But you're also talking about very large corporations with hopefully, you know, if you're investing in the business, hopefully they have large customer bases um, or large means of acquiring, you know, lots of revenue and profits. So while that will fluctuate, if you're, if you're getting businesses that in general have enough of the right things to survive and weather the different storms, then your investments should be fine. So I'll give you an example. I have a stock in my portfolio. It's in the travel and leisure space. And so when I bought it, uh, I felt really, really good about it, where it was priced at. Um, Wall Street felt really good about it, maybe like a week or a couple weeks later, and it went up like 10%. And then now this coronavirus thing happened. And obviously, with all the quarantines and everything, yes, um, tourism gets limited. And yes, that's going to impact the their revenue moving forward. However, how, how what what's the the extent of that impact and how much of that is fear over you know the unknown because like dave said it's not it's a sad it's it's sad but it's not statistically a large number yet you know the fear is is in the growth but you can fear anything about anything with the economy anything about the future so are you going to, because now, so going back to my stock in my portfolio, it shot up 10% and then now it's down, you know, it lost all those gains and now it's down, I think 2%, close to 3% last time I checked. So for me, quite literally living through that, that news cycle, how am I going to react? Uh, am I going to sell right away? Because, because uh, Wall Street is valuing my company less because they're, they're seeing how the impact is going to affect the profits. Am I going to sell because of that? Well, if my big picture is that I think they're they're going to survive through it and I think they're, they can stay profitable through it, then yeah, maybe I'll have one year coming up where they don't have as much profits as they had the year before. But for me as a long-term investor, I just want them to stay profitable and not get into super bad situation with with uh, the balance sheet and everything, right? So, yes, I'll be watching. Yes, I'll be watching to see how they report the next year's earnings, right? If that's negative, then wow, maybe this thing really did take such a huge hit that now the company could be in trouble. But we just don't know that at this point now. So even though a lot of investors have bailed out of the stock, I'm not going to bail out, even though the news has been negative, because we really don't know the impact. And so I'm not trying to play the game of being smarter than everybody else. So I'm going to get the timing right and get out before, you know, I'm just not trying to play that game. I'm, I'm trying to be a business owner first and foremost. And so as a business owner, you just need to see how it plays out and accept that, yeah, there might be some stocks that you'll eventually have to take a loss on. But I think if, if there was some way to have, like a academic study on it, I bet you could find an overwhelming percentage of news pieces that ended up being, if not irrelevant, then 
to, to, to take up such a small effect on various businesses to be almost, I don't want to say ne- negligible, but whatever the step above that negligible is. And so taking that perspective across your whole, por- whole portfolio, I think is a healthy way to think about it and react to what you see in the financials. Don't react to what the feelings or emotions are that you get from the news. Don't react to how you think the business is going to either weather the storm or not weather the storm. React to what the business gives you. And I think that that makes things so much simpler. All right, folks. Well, that is going to wrap up our discussion for this evening. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and you were able to pick a thing or two out that will help you with your investing. If you are enjoying our show, please give us a subscribe. We'd love to have you come back and listen to us again. And if you're really enjoying the show, give us a five-star review. Uh, more five-star reviews we get, the higher we go in the rankings and the more people we can help. And that's what Andrew and I are here for. So without any further ado, I'm going to go ahead and sign us off. You guys go out there and invest with a margin of safety, emphasis on the safety. Have a great week and we'll talk to you all next week. We hope you enjoyed this content. Seven Steps to Understanding the Stock Market shows you precisely how to break down the numbers in an engaging and readable way with real-life examples. Get access today at stockmarketpdf.com. Until next time, have a prosperous day. The information contained is for general information and educational purposes only. It is not intended for a substitute for legal, commercial, and or financial advice from a licensed professional. Review our full disclaimer at einvestingforbeginners.com. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Granger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.